You are now listening to The Nosebleeds with your hosts, Corey Johnson and Kush Parikh. Be sure to check us out weekly every Monday and Thursday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media on Twitter at the underscore nosebleeds. That's K-N-O-W-S bleeds. Also on Instagram at the nosebleeds and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash the nosebleeds. Yo, what up, everybody? Welcome back to the Nosebleeds podcast. That's K N O W S Bleeds. It's your boy. What up, y'all? It is Kush, and I got my host with the most, Mr. Corey Johnson. Corey, how was your weekend? How was your Fourth of July? Uh, it was. It was cool. Um, just mainly like chilled, relaxed. Um, went to work, um, but you know, just was mainly re- relaxing and just. Uh, you know, staying safe and uh, avoiding <laughs> trying to avoid like all the the fireworks and stuff like that. But you know, it was cool. It was a good night. Um, it was a good time. Uh, just being able to chill with family, uh, making burgers, hot dogs, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was just you know, cool time with the fam. What about you? That's good. It was good. I was actually in Big Bear for the for the weekend with my family and big bears known for like their their fireworks show but they didn't have it this year and honestly when i was up there fireworks are like complete like i know it's technically illegal like in all of socal but like up there it's like because there's so much trees and stuff like that that it, they're like super strict like it can, it can be a felony if you light off a firework over there so it was completely quiet and i completely forgot it was fourth of july until i went on social media everyone's like it's a war zone in socal <laughs> everything's going crazy my house is shaking oh, oh my god damn. Dang, so, so i i kind of forgot it was fourth of july to be honest but um i mean other than that a lot of family time like you it was cool nice relaxing weekend but yeah yeah that's what it's all about Yes, sir. Um, well, we hope everyone had a safe 4th of July and a fun one, got to spend time with their family or whatever they did. Uh, but let's hop straight into the episode. We got some sports news on Friday. The Washington Redskins sponsor FedEx asked the team to change their name. Uh, FedEx paid $205 million to name the Redskins home stadium the FedEx Field. And uh, after that kind of – after FedEx came out and uh, said that they want the Redskins to change their names, the team announced on Friday that they were going to undergo thorough review. And even new head coach Ron Revere has been working with ownership to come up with new nicknames. Um, but not all news was good as uh, minority ownership uh, of the Redskins had launched a search to sell their stakes with the Redskins. It's about 40% uh, ownership of the Redskins. So, I mean, with this whole – social justice and human rights movement that we've been seeing going on in the past couple months. I mean, what are your thoughts on the team reviewing and potentially changing the Washington Redskins team name? I mean, I'm just, I'm, I think this is clearly uh, more so having to deal about the fact that FedEx could be like pulling uh, their money and the NFL is also applying pressure and, you just have like so many different um, entities applying pressure that 
I think them as an organization kind of got to the point where they were like, either if we're not going to remove the name, we could be in a financial crisis or we can be in a serious uh, situation uh, financially. And so, you know, it's been however, how long uh, that the Washington team has had, you know, has gone as the Redskins. Um, And so there has been like a lot of times people have like mentioned about it throughout the past few years or so about the potentially changing the name and people have said or provided uh, different alternatives that they they could uh, change it to and things of that nature. But the ownership has said that, you know, we're not changing the name. It is what it is. Uh, We're sticking with it, but it seems like with everything that's kind of going on and with the current climate and the current situation that uh, everything is just kind of come together all at once. And like I mentioned with the financial situation, it seems like they don't want to, you know, completely burn bridges with all these sponsors and all these investors. And so they kind of have to not just undergo a thorough review, but Adam Schefter said that this isn't just going to be a review and they're just going to keep the name Redskins. This is going to be a review and they are going to change the name. It's just a matter of what it's going to be. Yeah. Let's talk about some name suggestions been floating around all over social media. Uh, Any name suggestions from you, Corey? Uh, I've seen, uh, I've seen Red Tails, I've seen um, Red Hawks, uh, you know, and I think they're probably going to try to, like, stick with uh, s- something of of that ilk. Um, uh, that red theme? Yeah, like that red theme. Maybe they could go, like, Red Warriors or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way it's not just, like, you know, Warriors, obviously. When you think of Warriors, I think the first thing I think of is Golden State. So right. Maybe they could go like with a red warriors type situation. So, um, it and and like you could like potentially like change the 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 logo maybe to the old school Redskins logo to where they just had like the arrow. So that way it's not just like you know, uh, an indigenous person's face. So, right. And I think you brought up red tails. That was a good one. And I think that's been the most likable one amongst the fan because it's a nod to the Tuskegee Airmen and that was an all-black squadron of bomber planes who fought in World War II. Then I think that what, what also helps with that is um, their, uh, their, their motto, which is Hail to the Redskins. It would just HTTR. It would be Hail to the Red Tails. So, I mean, it kind of goes and they have a whole song about it too. So, I mean, that is a big marketing uh aspect of name changing so that's why i think a lot of people think the red tails is probably the best decision to make but i actually like i like the hogs as well i mean uh kind of like if you think about the arkansas razorbacks they have the 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 razorback as their mascot and it kind of has that uh washington red to it and then you can add a little bit of their their yellow or gold whatever it may be and it like so same uh color scheme and also fun fact in the 1980s and the 1990s the Redskins O-line was so dominant that they were nicknamed the Hogs. So, I mean, kind of has some history tied into uh, the Redskins organization. So, I mean, mm-hmm. Hogs would be kind of cool too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you, like how you mentioned, like as far as like, you know, history and stuff like that, um, it, you know, uh, it'd be kind of similar if uh, the Vikings, you know, if they, you know, for whatever reason, were in a situation where they needed to change their name or something like that, they I'm sure that they would probably be thinking like maybe like uh, like something that would pay homage to like the purple people eaters or something like that. 
So, it, you know, <laughs> that would be just so funny, though. Like, imagine the team was actually that, made like the purple people eaters. That'd be, like, because the Vikings are known for their school chant, too. So, if the Vikings yeah. were to change, too, that's a huge, uh, like like I said, like, marketing aspect you'd, you'd have to come up with because you have to take all this into account when changing a name that they've built a brand off of for god knows how long exactly exactly so yeah like what you uh what you mentioned like about like with, with the hogs so maybe they could go like with red hogs or red tails or i'm sure they're, they're gonna like you said try to get something that fits in with the, the marketing aspect but just the fact that they're even going through the processes of doing that shows that the pressure has been working and that they're pretty much having to uh, finally give in because uh, like I said, like whenever you get that pressure from like your financial investors or your sponsors and they're willing to pull money out, we've seen it in sports uh, even with the the HB2 bill not too long ago, as far as like with the all-star game with the NBA um, they pulled out as far as the all-star game and uh, several people pulled out from uh, Charlotte to the point where it had to affect like legislation. So um, sports does play a key aspect of life and can play a key aspect. And as soon as like money gets involved and uh, people start threatening to pull their money away or take their money away or affect somebody's bottom line, then that's when change can get affected. Yeah. And just like the NFL, the MLB is kind of, facing the same thing right now too i mean with the whole human rights and social justice movement going on in the u.s uh it's even been brought up that the cleveland indians are or should change their names kind of pretty much on the same line as the redskins but i think the redskins are a little more uh thoroughly reviewing it not saying that the indians aren't but i mean uh the it was kind of brought to light and i mean with the indians it's a lot more historical when it in, in a franchise aspect because they've had this name since 1915 so that's 105 years of being the cleveland indians so i mean i mean what what are your thoughts on their whole name changing process um i think that's a tough one because uh i remember when they got rid of uh they changed their logo to just like a c instead of uh the uh the chief um <laughs> and so the chief wahoo uh, yeah, Chief Wahoo. They got rid of Chief Wahoo. And uh, I'll never forget on ESPN, I was watching ESPN one day, and uh, one of uh, their uh, their analysts or their, their talking heads, uh, Bomani Jones, was on, and he was wearing a shirt that had a uh, – it was like a parody version of the Cleveland uh, Indians uh, Chief Wahoo, and but instead it was kind of like a Richie Rich type version. And it was uh, – and and there were so many different people that were like you know calling in or like were were upset or they were you know very just just unhappy with the fact that he was wearing that shirt, and so he wore it for like you know a cool minute, and then pretty much ESPN's higher ups told him like hey you know you have to take that shirt off right like <laughs> and so so this just me me thinking of that and putting that into perspective of like you know it's easy for people to get upset and for them to be like, Oh, why is it like we have to change and we have to do all this stuff. But if you think about it, um, I understand that change is never easy and change is always going to be hard. But um, if you're trying to establish a company or establish a business that is supposed to be open and welcoming to other people or to the public, then 
you have to realize that the public is going to have some sort of level of criticism of the name, the logo, anything of that nature that they feel is offensive or they feel could be considered uh, disrespectful to any sort of uh, group. I think with the whole Indians thing, they shouldn't have even been called the Indians in the first place because, like, I don't know if it's political or geographically correct. They're not really Indians. Like when Christopher Columbus came, he thought he landed in India, called them the <laughs> Indians when they're right. really Native Americans. So it's like, it's a whole thing of like, should they even be named the Indians, even though it's not correct. So, I mean, that's, I that's, a, that's a whole conversation in itself. But um, like we did with the Redskins, do you have any name suggestions for the Indians? I, yeah. I went a little funnier route. How about the Cleveland LeBrons? <laughs> he has nothing to do with baseball but uh lebron is giving <laughs> I mean, so much to much cleveland. He, you know, he is giving so much to cleveland and pretty much put cleveland i don't want to say he put cleveland on the map but he kind of like he did help them i mean he did help them get that championship right. the, yeah he did get that championship that ended after that 53 out. years yeah so but, or like, how about how about something like? I mean, this is this is stupid, but like, you know, we have the Red Sox, the White Sox, just add a Green Sox, Yellow Sox, Blue Sox, whatever the case may be. I mean, why not? I mean, why not? Um, no, but I've seen I've seen some cool concepts on Twitter, like uh, fans going to the extent of actually creating jerseys on Photoshop and posting them under the the name suggestion post and it's like some of them are like the spiders the guardians and some of those those concept jerseys and stuff like that are actually pretty sick yeah and uh, i i know that i'm i just feel like i don't think like the players would have any issue like with the team changing their name or uh uh evolving the franchise as a whole um so so i just think that uh, if they do decide to to change it, it, it will probably be something that has like some sort of like level of meaning or something that people, the people of Cleveland can get behind. So that it's just not going to be like something that's like random or something like that. I'm, 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 I'm assuming, but you know, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> you never know. You never right. know. People, you know, do surprise you, but. But nah, it, it's it's just really interesting because I personally never really thought that I would ever get to see like teams like actually changing their names uh, and not like relocating. Like this isn't a situation where it's like the the Seattle SuperSonics with OKC. Like yeah, they changed their name, or with the LA with the the Las Vegas Raiders leaving. You know they're they're still the Raiders, but you know they didn't completely change like. They just mm-hmm. left one city and they're going to another city. So I didn't, you know, seeing an actual professional team, like this is almost like something you would see like in Madden or, you know, something virtually like, you know, like you would get to like create like a team or whatever. And then like uh, completely like change the, 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 the Redskins or the, the Indians uh, team names or something like that. But like, That'd be that'd be dope to see, like, and it'll be really dope to see what they decide to do. Because either way, I feel like Twitter is going to if it's if it's uh if it's something that comes off stupid, then they're just gonna get roasted. But then again, I mean, it, it reminds me when IHOP decided to to go to IHOP, oh and like God. they got they they got flamed for it, and everybody was like, "What the heck?" But it was a good marketing ploy because it got everybody talking about IHOP. So, I mean, yeah, it's weird. And then now we have to see if like. You know, 
like colleges start to take after because you have the Seminoles, you have the Utes, you have like a bunch of different colleges and that that's more of a not only just a sports branding but a whole university university yeah yeah branding. So that, so, i mean we're gonna have yeah, to see if, crazy. if if it starts to make its way towards a college like i said if people like you know if sponsors and boosters or whatever they start pulling their money then then yeah that would give somebody incentive to do it because the only real i, I won't say the only reason but i think it it has escalated to a point where the current situation, Ron Rivera had already been, you know, I guess talking with ownership. And I think that now with, you know, FedEx and different sponsors now threatening to pull out, it kind of forced the Redskins hand to kind of be like, well, we kind of have to do something now. It's no, it's no and ifs, buts about it, or we can't just shrug it off and be like, yeah, whatever. This could potentially affect our bottom line and we don't want that. So a change has to be made and it will soon come into the works. All right. All right, let's move on. You guys didn't think we'd forget on this day in sports history. Come on now. Well, on this day, July 6th, in 1989, ex-Phillies third baseman Mike Schmidt became the first retired Major League Baseball player to be named to start an All-Star game. He was elected but chose not to play, but was still recognized at the All-Star game. Take a listen. Although he retired on May 29th, he was elected by the fans to the National League third base position in recognition of his contributions to the game. From the Philadelphia Phillies, number 20, Mike Schmidt. That's pretty crazy how, like, he was already retired but got to be elected to an all-star game like imagine if like uh like kobe got elected to be in this upcoming like all-star game like obviously if uh you know when the nba starts up again like as far as the new season if he if they elected him to be in the all-star game because you know uh, well, I mean, they, they honored him in the last, last All-Star game. They honored him. The thing right, is, right, right. The thing, though, is he did play that 1989 season, but he uh, uh, on May 29th, he decided to retire mid-season. So, I mean, he was playing that year, and I think it was the ultimate, like, uh, respect from the MLB to still right. honor him. And, like, we saw that in the NBA with Dirk Nowitzki and with Dwayne. Right, 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 right. In the right, All-Star right. game in their last year. So, I mean, and Mike Schmidt has had a very illustrious career. Before that season began, that 1989 season, he won three MVPs, made 11 All-Star appearances, nine gold gloves, six silver sluggers. So, wow. I mean, all those accolades definitely helped him find his way into the Hall of Fame. And, oh, yeah. uh in 1989 his that season he was it was def, like obviously it being his last season you could definitely tell he batted just above the Mendoza line at 203 hit six home runs and 28 RBIs and 172 plate appearances so we knew Mike Schmidt it was it was his time had kind of ended and he realized that too but um I mean it's still awesome for them to still honor him at an all-star game yeah most definitely and since we're on the subject of all-star games it was announced Friday that the MLB is deciding to cancel the 2020 All-Star game this upcoming MLB season. It was supposed to take place in Los Angeles at Dodger Stadium. So with the cancellation, the MLB awarded the Dodgers with the 2022 All-Star game. Um, and this isn't even the first time they've canceled it, believe it or not. They canceled it in 1945 amidst the strict travel restrictions due to World War II. So, I mean, 
with the cancellation of the Midsummer Classic. Well, I don't, I don't even. It could be early fall classic <laughs> with this whole season. <laughs> so I mean, but I mean, with it being canceled, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I, I personally think it was probably the right decision because um, it's already going to be tough enough as it is to get a consistent season going because we don't, we still don't really know as far as American sports are concerned, uh, how they're going to be able to deal with uh, COVID and how they're going to be able to keep players um, safe as much as possible because we've just been seeing a lot of players test positive recently and things have kind of seemed like they're not really trending in the right direction because um, to have an all-star game, you kind of, it, 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 I think it would just be tough because let's say potentially a guy gets elected to the all-star game or something like that, but then he gets hit with COVID and then he has to be out for two weeks and, you know, stuff like that. I just think it would be a lot difficult to try to have an all-star game uh, with everything that's currently going on. And I think that it's, this should be more prioritized toward, you know, the 60 game season, trying to maybe have a postseason and potentially crowning a champion. But moreover than anything, I think the health and safety of the players is the number one thing that should be focused here. And just adding this on would be like uh, adding more preseason games or something like that, or adding uh, some unnecessary risk when you don't need to have it. So I think it was the right decision by MLB to cancel the all-star game. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the fans, it's going to suck for the fans because they love the All-Star game. And more than the All-Star game, they love their home run derbies. Of course. We've seen last year was a crazy show they put on with the whole Jock Peterson and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And then Pete Alonso and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And then Pete Alonso ultimately winning it. So I mean, Yeah, I'm just thinking like two years ago as well, like, you know, have Bryce Harper in the mix as well. mm -hmm. Like, he was going crazy. He cheated. You didn't wait for the ball to land and eat this shit. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, I mean, yeah, not having these games. And I think it's a lot easier to cancel it now because, I mean, uh, what was it, a couple years ago, they the All-Star game had big implications in the World Series where the winner of the All-Star game would have home field advantage in the World Series. And I think now that that's not the case anymore, it's easier to cancel because if that was still implemented, I'd – don't need I, I don't think they'd cancel that unless, right, right unless they just change the rule which they're they're doing a lot of rule changing now because it's such a short se- season that they're allowing to implement rules that you know the MLB never thought of implementing like such as a universal designated hit or like such as the uh, players starting on second base to start extra inning stuff like that they're like they're allowing the experiment so I think with the all-star game if they were to cancel it and that uh, rule was still implemented I think this would have probably been the year where they change it, where they're just like, okay, we'll just do whoever has a higher record in the regular season will be the home field advantage of the World Series. Yeah, but like you said, I'm, I'm just glad that they got rid of that rule because that rule is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Having the All-Star game have implications on who uh, potentially, you know, gets postseason advantages. Like, what? That just, that just never – it never seemed right to me, and that always kind of just seemed weird. But it was one of the only unique things as far as all-star games and as far as leagues go that no other league had and no other mm-hmm. league made their all-star game have implementations on the who who gets home field advantage or, you know, as far as, uh, you know, imagine if the NBA did that, where, like, if the West wins 
then or the East wins, then they get they get home field advantage. And the thing <laughs> that, is, it's like that, that, that's that's such a monumental factor when it like went back during the World Series. Like home field advantage is no joke, especially on the biggest stage of the sport. Exactly. But let's talk about the MLB season in itself. The MLB had their first round of COVID-19 testing, and here are some of the results. 31 players tested positive, seven staff members tested positive, so that's uh, 38 out of the 3,185 that were tested. That's about a 1.2% positive uh, result, and 19 teams were tested, so not even all the teams have been tested. Um, and I mean, if you look at compared to the NBA, the NBA had 16 out of 302, which is about a 5.3 percentage positive rate. And then the MLS had a 2.7 percentage positive rate. So they're the lowest of the three that are starting soon. So, I mean, do you think the MLB can actually pull this off and have a safe and healthy season? Well, you still need to make sure that every team is getting tested and you're still every single day, we're getting new updates about different players testing positive or different uh, players uh, showing symptoms or, you know, things of that nature. And um, I think it's just as much as you can, like I just seen a video of like the Marlins players, they were uh, uh, at the ballpark, looked like they were at uh, batting practice or whatever. And they were uh, all sharing uh, some hand sanitizer around and and they were saying, can never be too safe. And I'm like, Hey, Hey, do what you got to do, do what you got to do. So pretty much, pretty much. I think that, uh, similar to how UCLA was saying that they need to get uh, somebody else in that's outside of UCLA or the NCAA. I just think the players, either they need to advocate for having a third party health uh, expert, or they need to make sure that they themselves are protecting themselves in the best way possible. Because for you to rely on somebody else for your health, it's kind of a dangerous thing, especially with when we clearly seen the majority of the negotiations for MLB were specifically just to, just for us to even get to this point for them to have a season. All the talk was all about money and uh, how many games there were going to be. There was no discrepancies. Well, there were the main discrepancies was over uh, health or um uh what the MLB's plan was the regulations. Yeah, yeah, what the MLB's plan was to protect the players. And so that kind of just puts it in perspective of if you can't really rely on MLB, if you're a player, you can't really rely on MLB as far as pay goes. What makes you think that you can rely on them as far as health goes? So I think I wouldn't if I was playing trust myself, I wouldn't be able to trust uh MLB with my health and uh with the health of my teammates or anything like that. I would just be like, look, if I'm playing, then I'm, I'm committed to this, but just know that I'm, I'm fully aware of the situation in the current climate. And I got to make sure that my family and myself come first before anything uh, team wise or trying to win any sort of championship or anything like that. Right. And to your point, players have already expressed that we've seen players already opting out this season before it even started uh, because of their concerns about the whole pandemic and obviously looking out for their family and stuff. I mean, most notable is David Price, Nick Markakis, Ryan Zimmerman, Joe Ross, Ian Desmond, and Mike Leake. They all decided to opt out of the season so far and more players could definitely be on the same path as them and especially star players like Buster Posey has expressed it. Mike Trout has 
flirted with the idea of not playing because his wife is pregnant and is due in August. So, I mean, and Mike Trout even came out and said that he's talked to other players and they've claimed that they agree with Mike Trout on possibly not uh, playing this season. I mean, Trout went on to say that, quote, it takes one guy to bring that into the clubhouse. And given how contagious this virus is, it's going to be hard to contain. So, I mean, a lot of people are uh, concerned and obviously are looking out for their family and their own well-being before this. But, like, even if a guy like Mike Trout isn't playing, that's, like, monument. That's a face of Major League Baseball right there. That's that's like LeBron James not playing yeah, in the NBA. exactly. That'd be like Tom Brady not deciding to play in the NFL this upcoming season. So that that's just a tough situation. Um, but when – it's a situation that I think MLB has kind of put themselves in because – like we were just talking about, like as far as their testing wise, yeah, the numbers look good, but you want to be able to see that everybody's getting tested and everybody is um, being protected. And um, to, to, to Trout's point, I mean, all it takes is just one, <laughs> unfortunately, mm-hmm. and you don't know. And it takes a while for you get to, for you to get the results back. So you could potentially have the virus and it could be spreading throughout the entire facility to other players, other staff members, coaches, or whoever, and you not even know anything about it. So um, it's, it's just a really tough spot. Um, obviously, if Mike Trout decided to opt out and not play, I think that would have huge ramifications throughout the league, and that would definitely hurt as far as viewership-wise um, and just kind of help not help at all if the face of your sport has decided that he's not going to be playing uh this season because he's he's just not comfortable with putting his family potentially in danger and he has every right to be because uh and i think that you should we should see more athletes voicing their concerns about this and not feel pressured into having to play because like i would want to see like more like athletes like lebron like tom brady voicing their concerns about not playing now obviously you know they're in different situations and it's different leagues and stuff like that but i i just think that more athletes are willing to you know speak on everything nowadays then i i don't have a problem with them speaking on uh their potential concerns about covid and i think that they should be and as we all should be have some level of concern about COVID and just be open and genuine about the situation instead of kind of just being like, well, I'm a baseball player. I have to play baseball. You know, I'm not living up to my responsibilities. I mean, like the guys, you know, pretty much done everything he possibly can to uh, help his team in years past. I don't see a problem if he decides, you know, just this once to be a little selfish and put family and himself ahead of uh, the Angels organization or MLB. Yeah. And I mean, on the, I mean, that's one end of the spectrum. And we also have other players on the other end of the spectrum as well. Justin Turner came out and said that when baseball announced that they're playing, he said it was one of the easiest decisions to announce that he is playing. So, I mean, you have players on both sides, ones that are so eager to play that they they're willing to just, you know, bypass this whole COVID thing and then you have other players that are concerned so and I think neither player should be judged as as like in a negative connotation because like this is this is their livelihood this is their profession it'd be like if if we got told that we can't do our podcast because of COVID concerns or something like that or we got told that like oh 
it's 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 dangerous or something like that we would right. be like what the heck like what are you talking about so um just just when when it's something that you're passionate about when it's something that you've done for a long time you know these guys have been playing baseball since they were kids so uh it's it's always going to be at the forefront of your mind um i guess my thing is that it's just I'm hoping and I'm praying that, you know, guys are not just going out there and just treating it like this is any old other season. And I think that they're, I think people are going to take the precautions necessary and that majority of people are not going to be reckless with their health and with their safety and the health and safety of others. And I think that uh, if everything, if everybody does as much as they can and plays their role and plays their part and, and uh, in all the different ways that they can, uh, keep help keep healthy and keep uh 100% COVID free then I think this will this will this could potentially work the problem is that you just don't know who's doing what and you don't know if everybody's you know doing all they can as far as right. like wearing masks and washing their hands and uh you know sanitizing whatever the case may be so but we'll find out we'll see with some of these players like David Price, Mark Kakis, Zimmerman, all these guys opting out, and if Mike Trout does end up opting out, it, players are allowed to rejoin in the season. It, it was announced. Do you think they should be allowed to, or should it be a hard yes or a hard no? No, I think it's you should be able to have the option of both because, like, you could one day uh, opt to not do it, but maybe you decide – to that you want to play again or something like that i just think that limiting somebody to a simple yes or a simple no when at, at one stage like right now uh, this is still a very a very fresh uh thing and people are still trying to figure out how you can even have sports at this time i know uh uh pitcher sean doolittle uh closer he was saying how you know sports are you know, something that society is able to enjoy when things are functioning and things are, are going well. It's, it's hard for sports to be implemented when society is kind of in chaos and kind of uh, all over the place. So I completely 100% agree with that because even when you look dating way back, way back to ancient times, like when they had sports, like they had functioning societies. Um, and just imagine like the if they if was the whole entire society got hit with like some level of disease or something like that they would not be putting sports at like a primary essential right. thing they would be putting uh you know making sure everybody's health is is you know number one so it kind of just plays into perspective people just want to get back to quote-unquote normal as much as possible but um sometimes I'm not saying that this is going to be the new normal and I hope that this isn't the new normal, but sometimes, you know, life happens and things change. So kind of have to just be able to adapt. And that's the hard part about life is that um, if you're not able to adapt and you kind of fall by the wayside, unfortunately. And I mean, I think obviously t the team and, and teammates and the league are going to be open arms for players to come back, especially ones of big names be. like Mike be. Trout. But I think the problem where players may find is with the fans i feel like the fans are going to give them backlash for sure because it's like all right you didn't want to ride with us and then all of a sudden you want to ride with us now like kind of the, the, i think the, i think it'll be 50 50 i think it'll be a 50 50 split i think there will but be, you know be there's fans. those diehard fans like oh you know, yeah especially sure. new york or boston stuff like oh, that yeah, like, those, sure. they're diehards yeah, where they 100%. have no chill at all where they will literally have no filter and say whatever they want to say about players and be like you guys are pieces of shit like there are those fans and i think i mean obviously 
the players are the ones getting paid millions. The fans are just spectating. So it's like, it could, it, I don't think it'll affect them, but there will definitely yeah. be backlash. But the thing, yeah, it's going to be backlash because I mean, uh, fans will be fans, you know, that's why, you know, with fans, uh, but at the same time, I will give certain fans credit because I, I don't think every single fan will do that. But of course there are going to be certain fans that will just because, when it comes to sports or when it comes to anything that people are fans of, or just think of like, you know, people's favorite uh, celebrities or their favorite singers or actors or actresses, anything of that nature, they believe that they are in some way a part of that person's life or the part of that team's life. So when the team is winning, then they're winning, you know, like, you know what I mean? So like even when their life in reality could be like terrible and they could be having a, difficult time in real life sports acts as that escape so that you can be able to uh you know escape the 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 pain and escape the the hardships of the real world but the thing is is that everybody in some sort of way or another i'm not going to say everybody is equally suffering here because everybody's going through different things and going through different hardships uh, and different obstacles and, and, and trials at this point in time in, of life. But uh, I just think that empathy is needed. And I think that everybody needs to just understand that, yeah, if a guy decides that he doesn't want to play, but if he decides to come back, that's his right. If you decide that you don't feel comfortable being at your job, where let's say, for instance, you found out that there's been not one, but several COVID cases then I don't think anybody should judge you for deciding not to leave, uh, deciding to leave. And then if you decide to come back to work at your job, nobody should judge you for that either. So um, I I just think that you just have to put it in perspective and keep everything in mind and and just show a little empathy and be able to uh, not just think solely as a fan or solely in the, in the realm of sports, because right now I think everybody is clearly understanding that, uh, there's a lot of bigger things going on in sports right now. Yeah. I mean, I think the fans that are going to take it the most are the, the fans that bet basically make their living off. Oh, of yeah. Because, yeah. Or I mean, fantasy, have, fantasy baseball people as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that's their livelihood. Like, that's what they make a living off of is sports bets. So, I mean, if you – like, the Angels' odds aren't, aren't good for – I mean, I think they're, what, 10th to win the World Series or something like that. And then, obviously, if Mike Trout – doesn't play this season they're gonna drop drastically the 20th or something like that and then they're just like well shit now I can't I mean my odd my bet that I placed before is not gonna pan out and I just lost money yeah I mean if you look at the NBA I mean we're seeing a lot of guys pull out of the NBA like Victor Oladipo opted out that's definitely gonna hurt Indiana's chances of Mm -hmm. getting far in the playoffs Um, several Nets players are out of it they might miss the playoffs now that maybe the Wizards have a chance of getting in now. So that's, that's a, that's why I'm saying that like COVID is like such a curveball to any sports better or anybody that is following sports, because you might be thinking on paper, like, uh, you know, as far as MLB, I'll, I'll kick it back over here to baseball, the Dodgers and Yankees have the best odds, but who knows with COVID? Like David Price has already pulled out. Like that's a big, that's a big time arm that, yeah, hasn't been as consistent as he once used to be. And you know he does have an ERA over four last year, but he is a guy who 
I've seen being able to come up clutch at certain points in, in time in, in the postseason, especially when uh, Boston went on their run and ended up winning the World Series. Uh, we won't talk about <clears throat> what ended up happening or getting revealed about the World Series, but he was on a championship winning team. So I actually, actually looked up, I looked up the odds, and uh, David Price, even after he opted out, Dodgers' odds stayed the same. Still, still the same. So yeah. I mean, like, but that's what I mean. Like, anything can happen, and it, it kind of provides and adds on to the drama already of these guys are already competing as it is, and now you add on to this virus. So it's 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 just a big old whammy, and you never know what could potentially happen. So. Who knows? Maybe, maybe the, maybe, maybe some teams come out of nowhere and really shock some people. I mean, same, similar with the NBA. Yeah, so, I mean, in in a sixty game season, just one hot streak could be a make or break of making the playoffs. And then, yeah, if you just go on like a crazy streak, then or like a team uh, doesn't lose a game for like a month or something like that, like who knows? Who right. knows? And if they're all able to stay healthy, meaning like nobody gets COVID or anything like that, that's a, Big time, big time, big time addition. But right. just as far as like with um, America, like really experiencing COVID and having issues with COVID, and even you know here in California, COVID has been spiking up a little bit. Um, it's just amazing to me to see the contrast. Like it just got revealed today that in the Premier League they did like a test of over, uh, I want to say like over like ten thousand, twenty thousand, maybe. Uh, uh, people in, in the Premier League and didn't get a single positive COVID uh, test. And so I'm like, man, that's... Well, that's America for you. That's that's pretty... It's just crazy to me that, like, like over it here... Shows it's how like, stupid still, hey, it just shows, It's just crazy to me, like, how things are, like, spiking and, like, kind of going crazy over here. Meanwhile, in, like, different countries, things are starting to settle down to the point where I don't want to say that they don't have anything to worry about, but it's getting better in uh foreign countries versus domestically here in, in the united states so well, yeah that just goes we'll to see how we'll see idiotic america is and i mean we saw in new zealand too like a couple weeks ago that they've completely shut down their whole country because they have zero positive uh cases of COVID. So i mean they they have they're having their rugby their soccer all all those uh sporting events have fans in it because there's been zero cases and they've completely shut off anybody entering or leaving the country so we have to but then again like you know here it's different because you know people have rights and people are right. gonna do what they want to do and you know like i said people, people are choosing yeah people are choosing to to wear masks people are choosing to still fly out of the country people are still choosing to like even like we just came off july 4th weekend people are still flying from you know different places i think people are still flying in from florida and stuff like that like there's literally like con- like like concerts and stuff going on during Fourth of July where I saw a video of like I, f- I forgot where it was but it's in a sandbar and literally there's like over two hundred people literally in a little tiny space in the same water same everything and it's just like well this isn't going anytime soon so I mean you just hope that like you know the light bulb will kind of turn on with 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 everybody but. At the end of the day, we can only control what we can control, and we can't control other people. Um, you know, some people might be like, that kind of sucks, but at the same time, that's why I say with the players and with uh, people affiliated with MLB, put yourself uh, put yourself first when it comes to, like, you know, watching out for your health, and don't, you know, put all your eggs in the basket of depending on Major League Baseball to implement, you know, like they like they the rules that they had 
on paper sound good, but idealistically, I don't just I just don't know if they're gonna be able to work. Like it'd be crazy to me. Like you know, it'd be pretty cool if like um, if players like had like mask on like while they were playing uh, or something like that. Like that would be pretty crazy. Like if they were up to bat and they were like had like their mask on or whatever, and like maybe if you know you were on base, you could maybe like lower it or whatever. But you know, we'll see. Yeah, and then for for the whole uh, COVID, if if a player gets COVID, they'll be put on the injured list. Well, it's not; it's a COVID list. It's not an injured list. Uh, it's different from the injured list in baseball. And uh, due to privacy law, they won't release uh, the names to the public, and they will just be listed as injured but will be placed on the COVID list. Uh, and, I mean, if you're the MLB, how do you hide someone having COVID-19? Like, when they they just won't be on the field for two weeks and there's no injury reported for them. So, I mean, how does that work? I don't know. I mean, it would probably make more sense if uh, if they didn't have a COVID list, they had an injury list, and they could just be like, oh, this person's going on the IL uh, for such well, I mean, such. I think that's what they're going to say, but it's just, I don't know. I mean, they what can do they it like stay? they can do. They can do like the NHL does it. The NHL, they are notorious for when it comes to injury reports. You, you, good luck finding out like specifics as far as the guy's injury, because the most you'll see is like upper body, lower body injury. <laughs> it'll say internal. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll say it'll say he has an upper body internal injury. Yeah, for real. Oh so, yeah. But I mean, back to the whole. Uh, testing of um mlb i mean we've seen players show concern like you said sean doolittle and i mean to make matters worse some of the teams are having issue with the covid testing already like it's, it's the season hasn't even started they're already having issues this is only the first round of testing and i mean the oakland a's had a big delay when uh coming when 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 it came to their tests i mean they tested on Friday and they they were supposed to send the test from San Francisco to Utah where the research center is and that still hasn't happened it's still stuck in San Francisco I mean the angels the testers didn't even show up so I mean they're I mean, like we y'all not y'all not going to the playoffs anyway so we don't need a test we don't need a test damn. over there that's what they were pretty much saying they damn, were like that's cold. About they were like yeah yeah you guys are good they're like you but, guys are good. but I mean okay if, if you want to talk about that what about the NL champions and the AL champions. I mean, you have the Nationals and the Astros. They had their testing done Friday, but they still haven't gotten their results at 72 hours. So, I well, mean, you know the Astros. They're probably just like, yeah, we're not going to tell you. <laughs> we're well, not gonna the tell Astros, you. I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, fail all their tests, but they just say positive since they're cheaters. <laughs> oh, man. But, I mean. Um, they cheated on their tests. <laughs> they cheated on their tests. <laughs> but I mean, uh, what was it? It was it was last week on my last Monday. I went to go, or no, last Tuesday, sorry. And I went to go get a COVID test. We're in LA County. It's very very easy to get a COVID test. It's literally just a drive through. And I just wanted to get like nothing. Nothing was wrong with me. I wasn't around anybody, but I just kind of wanted sanity. You were curious. Like, yeah, you yeah were I was curious. just curious because I actually wanted. I was wondering about the experience about the whole drive through thing because I was like, hmm, let me just try it. I mean, it's for free. I mean, it takes probably. It took me like an hour round trip there and back to get the test done. But I at the actual testing drive through, it took me maybe 30, 35 minutes. So it wasn't terrible, but I was just like, hmm, let me just try it. I just, I mean, also just sanity, peace of mind kind of a thing. So I took it and in less than 24 hours, I got my results back. So I mean, if I can get how the hell the national league champs and the American league champs, not get it in 72 hours. So, I mean, 
with all with with some of these teams waiting to get their results back or even if you're the angels getting tested i mean what does that just show on the mlb's part i mean and, and does it even create a disadvantage for other teams because the astros and the nationals both canceled their monday practices their, their team meetings and stuff like that because they wanted to get their results back so does it create a disadvantage as well i feel like it kind of will more so create a disadvantage as far as if there are guys already like as far as like with the angels for example if there are guys that are positive um with covid then that kind of like already that's already a bad a bad situation because if you already have somebody who is positive but they don't even know they're positive they're kind of going through life like nothing's bad going on you know what i mean like and that's really unfortunate because and the same thing with the the nationals or, or the astros if if you know all joking aside seriously like if, if things are uh you know wrong or something like seriously wrong as far as uh players not being right or staff not being right then um they need to be tested especially if they're going to be around other people because you know nobody wants to be the reason that somebody else got a covid or nobody wants to 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 think like did i get somebody else uh this disease or or did i pass this on to to my teammates or something like that because that that not only not only are you physically sick but mentally that does hurt you because you're thinking like dang like i can't believe like i was the reason that you know because i can like rudy gobert um you know as much as like people were like hating on him and coming after him for like how reckless he was. And he was reckless. Let's not, you know, I'm not going to, you know, sugarcoat that he was reckless the way he was behaving, but he came out recently and was saying that like dealing with that backlash of everybody like coming after him and, you know, obviously him and Donovan Mitchell, you know, have like, you know, a current situation going on, but um, he felt like that backlash was just, was, was, was killer as far as, uh, his his mental state of mind and it was really tough to deal with all that and everybody pretty much blaming him for the NBA season uh, coming to a halt so you just don't want to be that guy you don't want to be the reason that um, an entire team is on the is on the COVID injured list because right. you got the you got COVID and you passed it on to everybody so yeah we'll never forget uh, Rudy Gobert best defense player in NBA history Stop, shut down the whole league. Literally shut down the entire league. But, I mean, I, I just hope that, you know, that should have been an example of people like, okay, th- it's not a joke. Like, it's this is serious. So Right. But then again, you still do have people who are like, I don't care if I get COVID. Like, it's no big deal. So. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, I, but I, 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 will, I will always say this. Like, look, I'm not scared. I'm not uh, uh, fearful. But I don't want to get it at all. <laughs> like, you know, I don't want to get it at all. So why even, why even try to mess around or like uh, test the waters or, you know, it reminds me of the boy who cried wolf. Like, why even play a game like that? You know, mm-hmm. it's a serious matter. So I even- think I think this whole situation does kind of create a disadvantage for teams until they get their results back because I mean that's one less day of practice and or one less day of team meetings and and uh, just any tiny amount of advantage another team has is could make or break a game so I mean you definitely see that and I think the MLB like you said needs to get their shit together they were focused so much about the negotiations we don't know behind closed doors if they were actually negotiating the health and safety protocol as well while this whole thing was going on so so I mean we can't completely knock them but what was at the forefront was the whole salary and game 
negotiation, so we don't know. But so kind of raises a red flag for the MLB and or for sorry for fans and players about the MLB. And so, speaking of speaking of fans, not to cut you off, but speaking of fans, uh, what do you think of like the potential idea of uh, fans maybe being at ballparks? Because there has been ideas being floated around that uh, the owners might actually allow that to happen, and, and obviously and fans fans would be uh, six feet apart from each other, and they would be spaced out and spread apart, but um, they would be able to attend games. I mean, we had this whole, like, the Miami Dolphins owner was talking about this, too. He brought it up for the NFL upcoming season. But I think America is too stupid to do something like that. Because, I mean, we've seen in the KBO, we actually have been seeing uh, players in, or fans in Korea actually start to attend games little by little. But that's also because Korea is smarter than America when it comes <laughs> Korea to Korea is different. COVID. Korea. So, I mean... I mean, if America can get their shit together and see the cases drop down, then yeah, for sure, start start testing out with fans and stuff like that, go back to the norm. But anytime right now, July 23rd or 24th, whenever the MLB season starts, I don't think it'll be able to. And then until October, we don't know what this whole pandemic is going to hold for us. So as of right now, I wouldn't even flirt with the idea. Just focus on the actual season itself and, you know, uh, focus on trying to make your revenue through uh, TV partnerships and stuff like that and, and viewerships and, and just trying to get it on every single social media platform or every single network that you can. And, and don't worry about the fans right now, because I, I don't think that's going to be a possibility to get fans in the seat, even if you do the whole social distancing thing. I just think that us as fans don't deserve we don't deserve to be in the seats because of how stupid of a country we are. Wow. Wow. Well, I mean, but yeah, I mean, we don't know what COVID is going to lead to. I just saw this uh, uh, today. <laughs> I saw trending today. The Black Plague allegedly is uh, surfacing in China. So we, we really don't know what 2020 is going to bring. Like, we really don't know <sighs> the craziness that 2020 is going to continue to bring with, uh, with, with, with COVID or with anything else, but we, we just really just hope and pray that like everybody stays safe out there and that nothing else continues to happen and progress. This is like a freaking OxyClean infomercial where it's like, but wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> Literally 2020. is like, wait, wait, there's more. But wait. If you wait. live now in 2020, we'll give you this. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, but all right, let's, let's get down to actual baseball news uh, about, uh just came out that Shohei Otani the Angels pitcher slash DH has been cleared to pitch and hit this upcoming season after receiving Tommy John surgery in October of 2018 uh a little of the timeline of Shohei Otani's career is he came over from Japan in 2017 signed with the Angels and he's been the first serious two-way players in decades he had a schedule of uh, pitching and hitting his rookie year. It, in the past, it was he'd start on the mound, and then the day before and the day after his pitching uh, start, he would get a rest, and then the days in between, he would be able to hit as a designated hitter. So the Angels kind of went from a six-man, five-man rotation, which is the norm in MLB, to a six-man rotation to give Otani those days off. Um, I mean, and if they go with that schedule again, he will have roughly eight starts and. 30 games of de-aging in the 2020 shortened season. Uh, he Guy's a beast. He won AL Rookie of the Year in 2018 after posting a 285 average 
22 home runs and 61 RBIs in 104 games. Um, and he pitched on top of that. He went four and two with a 3.31 ERA, 63 strikeouts in 51 and two thirds inning pitch in 10 starts. So, I mean, what can the Angel fans and MLB fans expect from the player they're calling the Japanese Babe Ruth? <laughs> uh, well, I think, I think uh, like you said, like this is him just being involved with the game of baseball and itself and being involved with MLB is just such a, a cool thing. Because I always wondered, like, could a, a player, like, do both, like pitch and hit? In the modern era. Yeah, yeah. Like, as far as, like, you know, legitimately be, like, a consistent player and not, you know, uh, somebody that's trying or attempting to do this. Like, he clearly is not trying to do it. He's doing it. So, Mm -hmm. um, but the thing is, he is coming off Tommy John. So, Tommy John is is a tough one to kind of, like, measure out as far as different players because different players come back and they they just feel like their arm is way stronger Mm -hmm. or they just feel like they – uh they 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 feel like they got pretty much like a brand new arm again and so um sometimes they they burn themselves out or some guys they just have like crazy uh they just put up crazy numbers so i think it will be somewhere in the middle um just because he's doing both and not one or the other uh i think uh he'll probably duplicate his uh, have have similar numbers to uh, his pitching stats uh, or maybe probably if anything, they, they might be like a little bit less, like he might have a little bit slightly higher ERA. Um, and maybe he might have like, uh, like he's scheduled to have like, you say like eight starts. Um, mm-hmm. Eight I'll starts probably, in 30 games of designated hitter. Okay. I'll probably say he'll go like um, three and one uh, as far as being a starter. And he'll probably have like a, I'll say a three ERA. Um, so which is still great, yeah, still great, still great as far as production. And I, I, I think batting wise, he'll be fine. It's just pitching. I think if you're an Angels fan or if you're somebody who follows the Angels, that would probably be the biggest concern. Um, because you're just unsure about what type of pitcher is he going to be coming off of Tommy John surgery. Because pitchers, a lot of times when they come off Tommy John, it's just kind of roll of the dice and you're not sure, right? And I mean. Shohei Otani is one of the he's he's one of the most likable players on the Angels. I mean, you Absolutely. can't hate this guy. It's, it's, even though the guy doesn't speak English, <laughs> yeah, really I mean, he has either. a translator. Yeah, so, I mean, he's still so lovable. With like, you just seen in his mannerisms, the way he plays. He plays for the love of the game, and uh, there was uh, art of reports that basically that all he does is basically he was staying around Anaheim in the whole um, COVID nineteen pandemic, and he was basically just going to work out, doing his rehab, going back home. And all he really did at home was cook. And then, you know, he'd maybe read a book, watch TV. And then he said he, he just sleeps. He sleeps a lot of the time. So, I mean, I mean, the guy looks focused. Even Joe Madden said he's looking great against other players. Players that played with him uh, from 2018 to now, they're even saying he looks great. The guy's an exceptional athlete. And, uh, I mean – when he was pitching his rookie year, he was hitting his fastball was hitting around 100 miles an hour. And a lot of players, pitchers that get Tommy John surgery, they come back pitching even harder than they were before. But like you said, it could potentially run them out, or it could, if they're smart about it, 
they can be efficient with it. So, I mean, he has a splitter too, which is absolutely filthy, which yeah. strikes out a lot of the guys. But so pitching wise, I think is the main concern. He is a great player, but it's whether he overexerts himself. And if he maybe dies down towards the end of the season or whatever the case may be towards the end of his career, but the guy's only 26 year old. He actually just turned 26 yesterday. So happy belated birthday to Shohei Otani. Um, but hitting wise, this guy's a beast. I mean, Think about it. At 24 years old, in he yeah. already hit for the cycle. The guy, the guy, is the first Japanese-born player to hit for the cycle. And when you think about Japanese-born players, you think of Ichiro, and it's like it's actually kind of surprising that Ichiro hasn't completed this this feat. So I mean, it's kind of dope. And then last season, he put up 286 batting averages, 18 home runs, 62 RBIs in 106 games. So I mean. Hitting-wise, I'm not worried about Otani at all because especially when you have a lineup where you have Mike Trout, Rendon, and Otani probably going to go 2-3-4 in the lineup and then maybe Justin Upton if he can go back to him old self too. That is a nightmare for opposing pitchers right there. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. I think that um, hitting, like we said, he really doesn't have a whole lot to worry about. The thing I think that uh, especially not just – pitchers in the MLB have to consider is that um, young pitchers as well have to consider everybody talks about throw hard, throw hard, throw hard, you know, make sure you throw hard. Um, you know, everybody wants to throw their fastball or get their fastball up to hundred miles per hour or over hundred miles per hour or 99 or whatever. And yeah, that looks cool. You know, you know, lighten up the ray gun that looks dope and that, you know, you're trying to obviously get noticed and that's dope. But the reason you see it, you're seeing like kids, get Tommy John or you're seeing pitchers so young in their career, get Tommy John is because that, that level of energy and that motion is just so much exertion and so much stress on the shoulder and on the arm that it just can't take it anymore. So I think that more pitchers would be beneficial. It would be beneficial to them, not only um, more so gearing towards off speed pitches, because it's 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 tougher to hit a curveball. It's tougher to hit a major league curveball, major league slider, uh, uh, you know, a lot of a major league changeup than it is to hit you know a fastball. Don't get me wrong; it, it it's hard. Like when you see like a hundred mile hour fastball coming down, but for these guys who are in the major leagues, when they get like you know these fastballs, they're sitting on fastballs. That's why these past few years it's been a trend where you would see home runs just going up, 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 up because they're getting served fastball after fastball after fastball. So, yeah, and I I think Otani definitely has does have that off speed pitches that you know not not a lot of people talk about because they talk about his cannon of an arm. I mean the guy also played right field in the Japanese league before too, so the guy has basically done everything he can and he's a beast and that's why I think he was so highly sought when coming and to to the MLB and everybody wanted to sign him but the Angels got lucky and they got their guy and Adam with Trout, Rendon, Fletcher, I mean Simmons, <laughs> Upton, Pujols, Lostella. I mean they they have a very deadly lineup but the thing with the Angels is they're pitching and it's always going to be their pitching whether they can come through um and we know now it's pitching. Season, but yeah, it was now it's pitching, and hopefully, you know, God forbid, anything situation. It's also maybe could, could be COVID too, but we'll see how you know that pans out for him. But we'll see how the Angels do this season. We'll see how Shohei performs in his uh coming back party. Yeah, 
And let's talk about another Japanese pitcher, Masahiro Tanaka. On Saturday, he was drilled by a line drive from Giancarlo Stanton in batting practice. He was immediately taken to the hospital and was released on Sunday. And uh, there was reports that he had a mild concussion, which I'm very surprised he only got a mild concussion because Giancarlo Stanton is a gigantic human being. So, I mean, coming off his bat, that's exit velocity. has got to be at least 100 miles an hour. And at least. Taking it, taking it <laughs> at least. to the dome. Tanaka's a champ. So, I mean, we, we, this isn't the first time we've seen pitchers take a, a line drive to the head. And with that being said, I mean, the safety of the game, do you think pitchers should be required to wear some sort of helmet? Or, I mean, we see it in softball as well, like pitchers wear face masks. Um, and, and do you think they should be doing it, wearing those during games or at least during practice? I think more so uh... – at least during, yeah, like you say, like, at least during practice or something like that. Like um, the reason why, and I think pitchers have talked about it, um, why they, they don't. Like they even have uh, certain um, uh, hats that still look like hats, but like they're just like, you know, more like helmeted. So that way if they do get hit in the head, um, at least they have some some level of protection. But the reason that a lot of pitchers are pretty much – no real, you know, star pitcher does it is because it doesn't look cool. You know, mm-hmm. you know, everybody kind of grew up watching their favorite pitcher and they're not wearing the mask. The reason that like, it's different for me because I could easily say like, Oh yeah. Like why don't a lot of guys just do it? it was, well, I think to, in, in my favorite sport is basketball. So there's been a number amount of guys who have wore face masks from Richard Hamilton. Uh, I'm sorry, Rip Hamilton to, you had Kobe wear a mask, LeBron's wear a mask, Kyrie's wear a mask, Joel Embiid's wear a mask. Like you had so many guys throughout NBA history put on some sort of face protective mask. So the same really can't be set as far as uh, MLB. And, you know, I guess the excuse of it not looking cool, yeah, is something that I can understand, but, or it being uncomfortable or, but at the end of the day, would you rather be taking a line drive to the dome or would you that rather, could potentially kill you that can kill you or to the face or would you rather have at least some some level of protection because even in hockey there was a while where not a lot of guys some guys would have face shields but nowadays you see pretty much everybody has face shields in the nhl so i, I just think that more guys should be shifting in that direction and not caring about if it looks cool or not and just understanding that, hey, you know, this might feel wonky or this might feel kind of funny, but if I'm still able to do my job as a pitcher and I am have this 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 level of safety, even if, it, even if a guy still gets hurt with it on, wouldn't you rather it be on you than right. not being on you? Yeah, and I mean – if you think about it, catchers wear face masks, the home plate umpires wear face masks, and that's because they're getting balls thrown their way over, I mean, 90 to 100 miles an hour. And, I mean, obviously they, the pitcher wouldn't get as many balls hit to them, but when there's a potential that a ball can get hit faster than the actual pitch itself that you throw, I mean, back at you, I think it definitely should be thought about. And I think after this whole incident with Tanaka, maybe the MLB potentially looks at something like this. and I think like you were saying, it doesn't look cool. It's more of a baseball culture as they never did it. So it's like, why start it now? But I mean, 
Exactly. Re- I mean, you you be the guy who starts a revolution. Make it make start a trend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, MLB approve it and start wearing it because your your life is at risk right now. Exactly, because I mean, like with Richard Hamilton, like he he when he first put it on, he said like it was you know, but he said he got used to it and he just started wearing it, and so I mean, he became the dude that was notoriously known as the guy who had the face mask all the time. So, I mean, you know, that'd be a great way to to get noticed if you're trying to, you know, be seen as a pitcher in the MLB. So a lot of a lot. I mean, I guess the argument that it does that players and fans could have to not wear it is, um, I mean, it it could impede their vision, maybe not pitching so much. But when you're trying to pick off and look at a runner, it's like usually use your peripheral vision to look at at a runner on base. But if. Uh, if, if you have a mask on that could block your peripheral vision and that could be costly and give an advantage to base runners. Yeah, I get that. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for major league baseball. We weren't going to talk about the NFL, but we just got some breaking, breaking news while recording this episode. And that is that the chiefs have extended Patrick Mahomes for 10 years. I that, wow. that's not a mistake. For 10 years, he will be under contract until 2031, which is – it will be the richest contract in NFL history. And I feel like every time we talk about the NFL, we're talking about a quarterback and we're talking about Patrick Mahomes setting the standard of the, the basically the contracts for the entire NFL and especially uh, quarterbacks in general. I mean, we talk about the Dak Prescotts, the Deshaun Watsons. Maybe they heard our episode last time, and they heard you, maybe, Corey, and maybe, they were just like, hey, like yeah. maybe we should, maybe we should sign Mahomes before Watson gets a chance. But we'll still make it breaking news and make it ten years. Yeah, <laughs> so, and, and and did us a courtesy, did it right as we're recording this. So I mean, I shout out to the listening. Chief. Out to the are, you, are they outside my window right now? They, they might, they might have my house bugged. Like that's I'm not I'm even saying. kidding. It's like that's crazy though to to do a MLB level of contract on an NFL player. Like most yeah. times you see like these contracts for like top free agents in, in major league baseball, which I, you know, it has its good and, and it has its bad. It's obviously great that you're showing this level of loyalty as a franchise. You're showing that look, Mahomes, like we trust you, you know, we got you, bro. Like, you know, you're here and you helped us win in, our first championship in God knows how long. <laughs> so, so, you know, you're giving him the keys to the car and pretty much putting all your eggs in the Mahomes basket. So he well, doesn't think, really have to worry about like security or anything. Yeah. Well, he's 100% deserved it. I mean, what the guy's only 23, 24 years old and he's fully deserved this contract and in, in his third year took the chiefs to the super Bowl and won it. And I mean, the guy has been putting up numbers. I mean, I still can't put, like, I cannot get over the fact that this guy dislocated his knee mm-hmm. and came back in mid-season. what, five weeks? Mid-season. Came back in yep. five weeks mm-hmm. and then went on to win a Super Bowl. That is yep. absolutely insane. So, I mean, the guy's deserving. He's the best quarterback in the league, hands down. No, no argument from me, at least. No, nah, um, no argument here. No argument here. So, I can't complain about that. 10 years, 2031, the guy secured the bag. He's going to be having the Brinks truck backing up into his driveway. So good good for Mahomes and good for the Chiefs too because the Chiefs can definitely, like we were talking about with the whole Chris Jones situation last episode, they are having 20 out of their 22 starters return this season after winning a Super Bowl. And then they added 
Clyde's Edwards Hilaire. So, I mean, that's, that, that, that's also another thing. So good thing for the chiefs. Good thing for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, oh, the only say, the only thing I'll say as far as like that could potentially be bad as far as this contract and the, the those who like, I've seen it happen time after time. It's like, what if he just out of nowhere just has like a crazy regression or what if he has a, a, a bad injury, Alex Smith level type injury or something like that. I Those see are... in- injuries are only, only concern. Cause I, I think the guy is too damn good to just regress like that and to have a team around him like that. And then a coach like Andy Reed, I don't think he can regress. I mean, maybe you we'll see t- it in the, I don't mean, we'll I mean, see it in the latter parts of his contract. Okay. okay. But yeah, I was gonna say, you think Andy Reid's gonna be there for ten years? Maybe, I don't think I don't think Andy Reid's gonna be there for all ten years, though. I mean, we'll see. But latter part of his contract, maybe this could be kind of like if you think about it, a, a, a Mike Trout situation where he's signed till twenty. What is it? Twenty thirty. Mike Trout is signed till then, and he's gonna be thirty eight on his last year of his contract, which is an old age. Obviously, Mike Trout is the best player in baseball. I mean, you could say Pat Mahomes is the best player in the NFL as well, too, given what he does. you could say that. But like you said, like, it is somewhat different because it's not like he's going to be – he'll be, what, like 34, 35, something like that? Yeah. But, I mean, given Pat Mahomes, he's somewhat – of a scrambling quarterback at times. Yeah. So, so that's I mean, like you said, that's, that's one of the things that you do have to consider as far as the dual threat quarterback is when they do step out the pocket and all it takes is just that one lick or he tries to go to slide to the ground and, and you know, falls the wrong way or something like that. Like, yeah. you know, freak crazy injuries and stuff like that does happen. So especially with his level of play style, that's the only thing that I would be saying as far as, you know, this level of contract giving it out and the timing of it too. I'm just like, I, it's, it's great to do it, get it out of the way. It's not like, you're not in a situation where you, you were forced to give this or anything like that. Like I said, with uh, potentially Houston signing uh, Watson, but you're showing faith and you're riding out on faith. So it's now up to Mahomes after this contract. Uh, do you, do you feel Kush that, it's Super Bowl or bust now for for the Chiefs. Like they have to, not oh, yeah. have to repeat. But they they if they don't at least get back to the Super Bowl, this would be look like as a failed season. Oh, I mean, I think before even this contract extension happened, it, that was for sure what it is. It's Super Bowl or bust. I mean, these guys, like I said, twenty out of the twenty two starters are returning, so there's no reason why you shouldn't be back in that same situation in the Super Bowl. Um, so, so I think th- this contract extension or not. That, that was all their, always their mentality. And, I mean, Mahomes also had two years left on his contract, so they didn't have to immediately sign him, too. They could have waited after this season and then signed him, but uh, they decided to have these two years and then extend him another 10 years. So 2031 is the year his contract's going to expire, and this could be a great – one of the best signings in NFL history if he goes out and has a Tom Brady type of yeah, dynasty. Yeah, if he, if he can get, like, at least, at least four – or uh, like a couple more Super Bowl. Hell, if he gets one more Super Bowl, this will be this this contract will be looked at as I think as a win because you got two two Super Bowls out of him within I think a ten year span, and it's it's so hard but, to win in the NFL. I think. 
my argument to that is what if he wins that second Super Bowl this upcoming year and then doesn't win a Super Bowl again? Do anything I, after that? I, I would think I would it's think tough. the contract would potentially be a bust because I mean he would, I would have still had him for this one back. year. I, you still would have had him for this 2020 season. Right. And then you could have extended him after that. So, I mean, then it can kind of be viewed as uh, that was kind of a bust contract. But we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I get you. I mean, if he doesn't ever get back, like, let's say, that, let's say they repeat and they win this year. And then if he does like an Aaron Rodgers where he never gets back to the Super Bowl, then, yeah, like you said, I, I think then, yeah, it would be looking as like Kansas City overextended and did something that they didn't need to do and kind of went out on a limb and it just – it just didn't work out. But overall, I think that it's a good sign of good faith that they went out and did this now, got it out the way, and they have to worry about it going into next season or uh, plaguing them throughout the season or like, oh, are you going to resign? Are you going to re-? You know how the media operates. Mm-hmm. You know, like the media loves to find like little storylines to try to like poke at or try to mess with a team that's already on top and trying to stay there. Because, you know, once they get to the top, it's the same thing with the Warriors. Like, Everybody was rooting for the Warriors in 2015, but once, you know, they became, like, the staple and they became uh, the team, uh, everybody was trying to see them get knocked off and lose. So uh, it could be a similar situation with Kansas City. If Kansas City takes over the mantle and, you know, becomes that New England-esque team that everybody wants to hate because they're, you know, winning all the time, uh, then, yeah, then, yeah, you know, drama will be – created throughout that locker room in that franchise in that team so we'll see what happens yeah so this is going to be the first player to be under contract for 12 years since donovan mcnab in 2002 with the eagles and i mean that 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 contract wasn't a bust but it wasn't I, i wouldn't consider it a great signing so there's definitely that route of mahomes where it's like a mediocre signing kind of a thing but also, the contracts are different than it was back then, too. Like, this guy's going to be getting close, I think, close to 350 or 400 mil over the 10-year contract extension. So, I mean, maybe he doesn't even start the whole, the whole extension. Maybe yeah, the thing that, that would, that, player. Yeah, that, that, would st- that would sting if that did happen because, like, that situation could potentially rise up where, like – Cough, cough, Joe Flacco. Right, Joe Flacco situation. So, I mean – um, you hope that he's at least able to be the starter eight out of the nine years, eight or nine years out of that uh, level of contract, and he doesn't sustain any major injuries or anything like that. But, again, this is football, and he is a dual-threat quarterback, so it is a gamble. But it's a gamble that the Chiefs right now can and are willing to take because they have already tasted what it's like to not win a Super Bowl and they're getting a taste of what it's like to win a Super Bowl. And when you're a team that like, you know, like the Eagles, like the chiefs who haven't been winning all that much as a, uh, you know, back in the day and you get a taste of what it's like now, you don't want to, you don't want to miss it. So you want to keep hold of that feeling for as long as you possibly can. So I don't blame them uh, for doing this, but it's a big gamble. No, 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 no if, ands or buts about it. It's a gamble for sure. For sure. I think any contract of this measure is definitely a gamble, even though if the guy is an amazing player as Patrick Mahomes, never know what can happen. Knock on wood, but obviously you don't wish any injuries upon any player. Never, never. But all it takes is one to make or break someone's career. Exactly. And and we'll see what happens with Patrick Mahomes' career. 
we're hoping and praying he could at least, you know, dazzle us and get to another Super Bowl. And, I mean, uh, I, I hope he doesn't because I want my Ravens to be in the Super Bowl every year. <laughs> they're, they're in the AFC. If they're in the NFC, I'd be like, yeah, Patrick Mahomes, go ahead, make the Super Bowl, don't win it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe this year we get an AFC championship game between the Ravens and the Chiefs this year? So. I mean, week three, that's what that's what it's coming down to. What was this? I think it's Sunday night or Monday night football where it's Ravens-Chiefs. We'll see. Hopefully we have a season. That's what we got to worry Fingers about. Crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. If you guys uh, aren't following us on social media, what are you guys doing? What are you doing? On Twitter at the underscore nosebleeds, Instagram the nosebleeds, Facebook search up the nosebleeds podcast. That's K N O W S bleeds. Uh, and any last words, Corey? Uh, make sure, of course, you give us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts because you know we be giving you guys this this fresh and so clean, clean content. And uh, we just we gave got, y'all breaking news. We gave Come y'all, we gave, we gave y'all that 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 Patrick Mahomes that Patrick Mahomes signing. So I mean. You know, bless us with a five-star rating. Also, be sure to, uh, you know, listen in and tune in to the best of the best podcast when it comes to sports content. And, you know, we're here. We're the nosebleeds. Make sure y'all stay safe when it comes to this COVID because COVID is real and it's not no joke. So, you know, don't be trying to test COVID out there. Don't be trying to test 2020 out there, you know. So just be out here in these streets safe. And, yeah, we're pretty much out of here, y'all. Stay safe. And we'll catch y'all in the next episode on Thursday. Who says?